0: From Depression to Progression, Ryan Nurse's Inspiring Journey. Welcome back to part two of our eye-opening interview with Ryan Nurse on the Wellness Driven Life Show. This episode delves deep into Ryan's transformative journey from severe depression to progression. This walking miracle not only survived a near-death experience, but also turned his battle with depression into a force of change. Join us as we explore Ryan's inspiring story of resilience, growth, and ultimate triumph over adversity. Welcome to the Wellness-Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education.
1: That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children.
0: On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent, or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. We're excited to introduce our partner, Evergreen Podcasts, a globally recognized podcast network known for its original and creative content. Their diverse team ensures captivating productions that offer a variety of perspectives. They specialize in branded podcasts and targeted audience delivery, focusing on high quality production, But Evergreen is more than a production company, an innovation hub providing immersive narratives. With Evergreen, you don't just listen to podcasts, you experience them. So coming back, you've shared this incredible story of near-death experience, out-of-body experience. What What were the big messages for you and how did you move on after this experience?
2: Okay, yeah, so that's a brilliant question. So (laughs) for me, obviously, it was like I knew I needed to transform my life. Like I knew the life that I'd been living for these years prior wasn't me. Like I would wake up every single day and I'd just drag myself to work feeling unfulfilled and then I'd waste my weekends just drinking, partying, for instance. But deep down inside my soul, it wasn't true. I wasn't living a life that was true to myself. And the soul does not lie, nor can it be lied to. And mm. I believe that the true meaning of suffering is when your actions contradict your dreams and desires. So inside, something wasn't right, and I was living this life as a mechanic, and it wasn't me. And then this <laughs> injury, this, this experience, this whole trauma happened to me at such a young age, 18 years old. So then when I come out of, say, that, that, that trauma, that event, I just had to go through a process of obviously gradually getting back into work, for instance, surrounding myself with friends, family, for instance. But then I knew I just slipped straight back into that same old life. I just comfortably was just slipping straight into that same life and doing the same old thing, just on autopilot again and again and again. But then thankfully for me, something happened where I ended up meeting the girl of my dreams and wow, I just went straight into this relationship because it was exactly what I needed in the moment.
0: Mm, well, I appreciate that you that you talk about that, Ryan, because you're you're saying you went back to the same old, same old. You're young, you're partying, you're you're doing the job. And and that's what you're you're used to, you're familiar with. And that's how the majority of us operate, where we are going back to the same old, same old. And even though we have this this more uh you know our soul is talking to us like you mentioned and and saying, look, this isn't it you're not you're not living out your your dreams and your potential and and we don't listen and so so then i I feel that that's when big life-altering events happen because it's kind of like our our higher selves or God or whatever you want to say or call it but it, it just kind of smacks us, right and it's like pay attention, pay attention. So now you have this incredible human being step into your world, and you you have this sense of love and new excitement, this new birth of opportunity in a relationship. Let's talk a little bit about that.
2: So I literally, I waved goodbye to my previous life, literally, at the time as well. So I feel bad as well for some of them, but some of my best friends, I just, put everything to the side and I just focused on this new life because in that moment I realised that if nothing changes then nothing changes and I've been living this same old life for so long I needed to make that drastic change yeah. so I said look I'm going all in on this relationship I almost put the blinders on and I waved goodbye to that past life and I went all in with this amazing girl and she was introducing to me to all these incredible things like we'd go into central London every weekend We'd go and do these crazy experiences and we were just having so much fun. And she introduced me to the world travel. I'd never been abroad before meeting this girl. So at a, the age of 19 years old, I went on my first ever trip abroad and we went to Turkey. And wow, that's another story. But yeah, I opened my eyes up to the world literally and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for that. And this is yeah when our, our relationship together started to, to really blossom and bloom.
0: Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. And yeah, really drastic changes, right? You 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 let go of the old life, of the old relationships that you had where you weren't showing up your best self and you were doing the partying, so to speak. And now you have been opened up to new possibilities. I, I love how you describe that. Like there's a whole other world and, and there's travel and there's other countries and cultures and, and foods and all of these things that we get to experience. And I know that that's a lot of what you, you your message is today is about experiencing the world around us, the incredible world that, that we get to set foot in and, and we get to experience other cultures.
2: Yeah, listen, so like for me, I'd always had that village mentality, you know, just stuck in the same village, same thoughts, same peoples, doing the same old shit on repeat over and over again. And like, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. And for me, it was like every weekend, every day doing the same old crap on repeat. But then to push myself outside of my comfort zone to do this, it was like, wow, open my eyes up. And that's why I went all in because... You know, like sometimes like, we think about doing things in our lives, but we get overwhelmed with fear, anxiety, for instance. But just know this, like, the moment you realise the pain of staying the same exceeds the pain of change is the exact moment your actions will overcome your anxieties. So for me, it was like I could either stay where I am or I can take the uncomfortable action and who knows what my life could look like in the next year, two years, decade, whatever.
0: Wow. And you you talked a little bit about um, in the in the beginning, you've had these these, I think you said three experiences, life experiences that really altered how you perceive things and how you move around in the world. And and I sense that the the next one is coming.
2: Yes. So look, I've had many, to be fair. Three is probably an un- understatement. Like my mom and even my friends used to say, you're like the cat with nine lives, but to be fair. Mm-hmm. I've had way more than nine lives. Like the things that used to happen when I was a kid. I was the crazy kid doing crazy things. I'm thankful, but I've had more than nine lives. But now, after being, having that out-of-body experience, trust me when I say that this is the last life that I'll ever have and need. Because this is the one that I'm going to make the biggest impact. And this is one that I'm going to change the world with and change my world as well. So I don't need any more lives. So this is what I'm going to share about the next big thing that happened to me. Which was... Yes. So, with my girlfriend, we're living this incredible life. We're traveling all around the world. Every single year, we're doing these crazy things. We're going here, there, everywhere. And all of my friends are looking at me like, wow, like you've changed your life. Like, this is crazy. Like, well done. Like, only just a few months, years ago, you were laying there dead. Like, they said, you're not going to walk again. And now you're climbing mountains. You're going here, there, and everywhere. Like, people couldn't believe it. So then straight, straight away, we start saying about, let's move out, for instance. So I think even just after a year of being together, we start uh, renting a flat together. And we were there for a couple of years, and then we make a decision. Do we go to Australia and do a backpacking visa for one, two years and live in Australia? Or do we get a mortgage? So bearing in mind, Australia, in my mind at the time, because I was scared of everything back then after that brain injury, Australia was just one word, death. <laughs> Literally, in my mind, it was death. As soon as I thought of Australia, it was like it's either a snake, a spider, a shark, a, a crocodile. Everything there is
0: trying to kill Everything you. Everything
2: there is going to eat you. So like thought, Texas. No, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but then this side was society. You need a secure job. You need a family. You need a home. You need a nice TV on the wall. You need a car. You need maybe one or two holidays a year. And you need to just do whatever it is you need to do to make money to buy the shit you think you need to impress the people that you think you like and you don't really like them anyway. So <laughs> I just said to my, my girlfriend, look, let's get a mortgage. I was happy to agree with a mortgage. Australia sounded too scary for me, but I didn't tell her that. I said, no, let's get a mortgage. Mm. So look, we, we agreed to the mortgage. We get the mortgage. So just turning 21 and I had a mortgage on this beautiful house. And just my friends were looking at me. People were calling me a drug dealer at one point because I was getting a mortgage and I was going on all these amazing holidays. But the truth is, I literally spent all of my time either working or working on the house or working on the job, working on the house, working on a job and then going on a holiday. We're going on holiday just to forget the reality that we're living, which is the rat race, wake up every day, not even enjoying the work, just doing it to pay for the holiday to then forget about the work to then come back to do it all again. It's just this vicious cycle i am stuck in. Yeah. So, moving on, yeah. So that happened, and bearing in mind, we're now in a new house. And I talk about this, like, my life literally changed when we got that house. The relationship changed. And now that I look back, say, from a more mature set of eyes, I realise that something happened, something clicked. When we moved into that house, it was like we started to just not enjoy our time together, just a little bit less. I started to see these, say, red flags, these warning signals start to show up. We started to argue and bicker. The sex life went downhill. What's going on? Like, we're meant to be happy. We just got a house together. Yeah. Bearing in mind, we needed we needed to work. We needed to go on these holidays. And this is just life, like, you get older. 21, 21 years old, like, you just get older. This is just yeah. what life is about. That's what I, I believed. I,
0: I have to interject because I I think it's really funny because um, my husband Manly he he says don't domesticate me <laughs> Do you want a house cat or do you want a lion <laughs> and and so it sounds so similar to what you're describing and you know a lot of people experience that that change and that shift in their relationships they're um, like when a child comes into play. You know, and and just even on a biological level, women respond a little bit differently with their partners after they have this new love enter into their world. And so, yeah, absolutely, everything that you're describing, I I think, is probably a little more common than people want to to voice or or say that speak that truth of that that we we enter into that um, too familiar uh, part of of each other and. you you know so yeah what what did you guys do about this feeling for each other
2: (laughs) nothing like yeah we just carried on living life on repeat on autopilot as they say wake up every day and the thing is she loved her job and i hated my job so now we're 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 Mm growing apart from say the career she's going more time at work i'm saying less time i want less time at work and like the relationship is going like this without even realizing so as we're sort of unknowingly growing apart, I, I say now looking back, like I say from a more educative set of eyes, she just spent more time at work and I just kept complaining about work. I kept saying, oh, I don't want to go to work today, but I've done nothing about it. So then it got to a point after, say, living in that house for what, about four years, I think, was in that house. And bearing in mind we were together for six and a half years in the end, but four years in that house... I started to sit down and say, look, I don't want to work at this job anymore. I've been saying every year, every Christmas, every new year, I'm going to quit my job. And I've been saying it for over a a decade. I've done nothing about it. So then was the day we planned for my exit strategy, my retirement. Mm
0: -hmm. So as a,
2: what, 25-year-old at the time, I believe, we sat down. And because there was a golf course close to my home, and I went to start playing golf because it was so close, yeah, I enjoyed it. I wasn't great at it we sat down and we worked out that if we stayed in this house and carried on paying these payments for the next however many years by either 40, 41, 42 years old, when I was that age, I could quit my job that I hated to then become a green keeper, to learn to become a green keeper. What the fuck? And I just agreed with this. I was just like, yeah, this sounds good. So I was going to wait another 20 odd years, another two uh, another, like, to quit my job. Like, why do people stay stuck in these things that they hate these careers these relationships that they hate and not do anything about it and I was just happy to accept that as my reality
0: yeah it's fear i i think would you agree you know that, that so the <laughs> fear of the unknown fear of that you know how are we going to pay the bills how are we how, what is life going to look like it's that unknown because we we are doing the same thing every single day and that that's all we are are used
2: to yeah look we're going to talk about this later as i wrap up as well so um but yeah fear is what stops people fear can be one of the worst things that life has to offer it can stop you from achieving your dreams but it can all be also be used as a motivator as fuel to help you achieve what you really want like you can use fear in your favor i'm going to talk to you about this later um so just bear with me now but look I was living that life on repeat over and over again. i learned nothing about it. Literally, the fear of unknown stopped me. But just know that there is so much excitement and so much opportunity in the unknown. Like, the unknown is a blank canvas for you to create the life of your dreams. So don't fear the unknown, but lean into the unknown, because the magic is in the unknown and the uncertainty. Again, I'm going to talk about this soon. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead, sorry.
0: Well, I, I just want to, I'm going to have you come to a close because we're going to have you back on the show, Ryan, to, to share this other segment of, of what you have been experiencing and how you're now showing up in the world. And, and I'm excited to have you back. So, i uh, I'm going to let you finish up and I want to make sure too, and I've had it displayed a couple of times throughout this time where people can reach you, learn more about you because you're, what you're doing is just awesome. And I love the way that you describe things. I've mentioned that a number of times throughout the show that uh, the way that you describe things and you rhyme things and and you just... you put the play and twist on words is brilliant and it's, it's catchable. It's easy for people to to remember and to really apply in their own life when they're, they're going back to that cycle of stuck in the rut. It's like, Oh, I remember what Ryan said. And so www.ryannurse.com is where you can reach him. So if you're tuning in and you're listening in again, that is Ryan nurse, R Y A N N U R S. -S 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 dot it is also in the description below so going back to you ryan i i want to hear this this other segment of this journey
2: yeah of course and look so for me it was like where am i in my life i'm not enjoying this i'm not enjoying this job like my intuition my my my, my soul has been shouting at me for all these years saying look quit this job this isn't you this is uncomfortable get out But you know i was trapped like My wage was my cage. And never let your wage be your cage. Like society has us chasing cars, watches, homes, for instance. But I was living that perfect life. And me and my say girlfriend were living this perfect life that society says we need to live in order to be happy, in order to be successful, in order to be perfect. But this perfect life wasn't so perfect at all. And it felt forced sometimes. You know, like... We were living this life and we were just going on holidays to forget about our reality, to just go back and, and do the same old thing over and over again. And my wage was my cage. I couldn't quit my job because I had a mortgage to pay. You know, like it gets to a point in your life where the things you own end up owning you. Mm. And I was trapped. I was literally trapped. But then something happened where I had no choice. I had no choice. And I mentioned it before, like in life, we're going to get the warning signals, which is going to say, Look, open your eyes. This isn't you. It's going to be a little tickle, like a tickle with a feather. Open your eyes. Come on, you need to do something. And then it's going to be a pat, a pat, a punch, a little whack saying, Wake up, you need to wake up. And then it's going to be that lorry, that truck, smash, and it's going to wipe <laughs> you clean out. And that's what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened next was me and my girlfriend. We had this amazing house that we've been working on for every, every weekend, literally, for a handful of years. And this home was like brand new. In society's eyes, this was a dream home. It's a beautiful home for any young, say, adults. What a beautiful home. We had everything. We had the cars. We had the home. We had the holidays, everything. And we decided to go on five holidays in 2018. It was the most holidays we ever got on in one year. We decided to do this huge extension on our house too. Again, this is when people were saying to me, you're a drug dealer. Like, No, I just worked my ass off to be able to afford these things. Like, that's what I do, work, home, holiday. Work, home, holiday. It's the same old thing.
0: Well, so, if you didn't have children, you know, you, you were able to, to put money towards the things that you choose to put money towards. And, and I like to say that, uh, you know, it, it's all a choice. Brian, and you know that very well on how we use our resources. And and I think because you're such a huge advocate for travel and experiencing the world, you know that very well. And I'm sure that's a big message that you share with everyone. It's it's that choice on how you utilize your resources.
2: Yeah, you know, like the world, it doesn't lack, say, resources at all. Like the world, like I've been traveling now for almost a year and a half basically through latin america anyone that's following my journey i'm currently here in Colombia as we were as we're speaking now so um yeah like the world is not lacking resources at all but it's lacking resources using what they have around them whether it's friends family contacts and we mentioned it before as well the network like you need to network because you can learn from everybody that's what i try and teach people There is a learning lesson from every experience and every person that you meet in your life. If they hurt you, if they make you feel good, it doesn't matter because you're going to learn. And life is about learning. And if you get a lesson from anything, that valuable gift is the most precious, priceless thing that you've ever received. So take the lesson and don't ever look at the losses. Always focus on the lessons. So for me, now moving on, the truck come and wipe me out. So, like I say, 2018, five holidays abroad, huge extension on the house. And then the truck come. So that whole year going on these amazing getaways to these crazy destinations all around the world. We're arguing. We're in different countries. We're in Paris looking out of our hotel window next to the Eiffel Tower. We're in the Philippines. We're in Singapore and the world's tallest infinity pool and then we're arguing like what is this about? in my mind I'm not understanding but the whole year we've just been bickering but for me it's just like oh look we've been together for a few years this is what people do, couples do this right, you just bicker about stupid things so I'm just accepting this to be normal but then we go on our fifth trip away, we go to Florida and as soon as we arrive in the airport there's just a huge argument that erupts and we're arguing about renting this car. We couldn't figure out how to rent the car and it turned out the company was a scam. So in the end, we just rented a really expensive one and it just put a right down on the trip. So we was in Florida for one, two weeks, whatever it was. And we returned to England. And literally it felt the day after we returned, the end of November, the very start of December in 2018. I'm stood there in the bedroom and my girlfriend walks up to me and she said, look, I think we should stop spending as much time with each other. What? In my mind, I'm just like, what do you mean? We live together. You go to work. I go to work. We come home. We cook. We eat. We shower. We go to bed. We do the same again. And we spend the majority of the weekend together as well. Like, we live together. We sleep in the same bed. Where in this schedule do you find time to spend less time with each other? Deep down, I knew something wasn't really right and it was really wrong. But you know, like my heart was just saying, look, it's going to be okay, it's going to get better. But my gut feeling, my intuition was saying, no, this is a warning signal, listen. I chose to turn a blind eye to it. Mm. So then what happened? Things were getting worse and worse and worse. We was drifting apart. and Before you know it, we were sleeping in separate bedrooms. And then Christmas come round. And it got to Christmas. I ended up spending Christmas alone. I woke up on Christmas Day and my partner of Six, six and a half years, nowhere to be seen. Just imagine what that feels like waking up on Christmas Day and you're alone. Christmas trees up, there's decorations, there's no presents under the tree. I just sat there looking at all this shit, thinking, what is this? What's this about? I didn't know what was going on. And then it come to January, February, my birthday. I'm not spending my birthday alone. What's going on? Like sometimes she'd come home, sometimes she wouldn't. She'd just disappear. She'd just come and go when she wants. I didn't know what was happening, but then something happened which literally was so profound. So for me, we, we love travelling and we had already planned to go to Cape Town in March 2019. So we booked it the year before. So we had this backpacking trip around Cape Town already planned up for March and it was her 30th birthday at the very start of March. So she told me she's going to go to London with her mum and have all this, whatever, enjoy. So because I wasn't feeling good and my friend knew about it, he says, look, let's go out for food. So my friend, again, support system, he was so supportive, my friend Chris. And he took me out every weekend. We'd go for food, drinks, whatever. And he made me feel so much better about myself. And, you know, look, I, um... I go out with him one night and we was try- it was- this was destiny. We were trying to book a restaurant everywhere and we had no tables for two at eight o'clock, nowhere. The most expensive restaurant in town. So we go to the next town, everywhere, no. But then one restaurant said, yeah, eight, eight o'clock you can come. So me and my friend Chris, we go and we arrive at this restaurant. We walk into this restaurant and I've just got my head down. I'm just feeling shit about myself because only just a few weeks before I walk and see, I, I get a phone call when I was at work my grandma, she just died and I rushed over there and I'm just stood over a dead body and I couldn't even shed a tear for her because I had no tears left. I was emotionless as I'm looking at my poor, my grandma, my nan, she's just laying there and I couldn't even shed a tear. So bearing in mind, I'm worn out and I've decided to go on this, this trip to Cape Town and I was dead, I was drained. And I'm walking into this restaurant with my friend, not even paying attention. And I'm just staring at his back. And as he sits down, my girlfriend of six and a half year, her head pops up and she sat there with another guy. Oh. And it all just makes sense. All of these thoughts, all of these feelings that I've been making up within my, my own mind, thinking that I'm going crazy, thinking that it was all my fault, all this crap is all my fault, taking on all the blame for everything, constantly saying sorry on a daily basis for, no unknown, for an unknown reason. I didn't know what I was saying sorry for half the time. And it all makes sense in that very moment. And I shook the guy's hand. I told her what, what this was about. I said, look, you do not do this to me. I told her what how exactly how I felt. And as much as my heart shattered into like a million pieces, this huge sense of liberation just lifted off my shoulders as well. Mm. I walked mm. out of that restaurant and I took the biggest, deepest breath in that cold air.
0: <sighs> yeah.
2: And it all just made sense in that very moment.
0: Yeah, it does. Uh... It does. And I think you're correct that it was absolutely destiny to lead you to that exact location. And it also makes sense to me that you, you weren't able to shed a tear over the news of your grandmother and, and being with her because you were so emotionally drained and detached with, with the years that you experienced within your relationship where it was pretty dead. And you talk a lot about that feeling of, of, the worst thing that can happen to us is being dead inside and not living our life. And you were experiencing that greatly through those years.
2: Yeah, look, it's so true. In life, if we're not growing, we're dying. And as that 25-year-old, I was completely dead. I was, my life looked like wake up in the morning, get up, go to work, weekends, water the plants. I was so old. I was, I was dead. I was like an old man. I knew all the names of the plants in the garden at the time. At 25 years old... My friends were out in Ibiza partying and I'm watering the garden. You know, <laughs> wait, like...
0: wait, wait, hold on, Ryan. <laughs> What's so bad about knowing the plants, the name no, of the look, plants? Are...
2: No, look, I'm not, I'm not dissing it, <laughs> but for me, what say, society expects you to do, I was living this yeah. other life where I was just literally, I was dead. I was dead. I wasn't progressing. And if you're not growing, yeah. you are dying. Most people die at 25, but aren't buried until 75. And I was just waking <laughs> up like a dead man walking, literally. So... Um... Moving on, yeah, I walk into that restaurant, I see her, it all makes sense in my mind, bearing in mind two more days' time, I'm meant to be going to Cape Town with her on this trip, she obviously didn't want to go anymore, so I had to pluck up the courage. Well, you didn't want
0: to go with her anymore.
2: (laughs) Of course, but look, before seeing that, I would have still gone with her, because in my mind, I was still wanting to get back with her.
0: Sure. I
2: still wanted to get, and and she was giving me those mixed signals, even though if she ever listened to this, she said she wasn't. One hundred percent. She was telling me. I remember the day she told me and that was in February, I believe. It was there in the bedroom. She told me we might still get back together. And there's a reason for that, which I'll tell you about later. Mm. But Yeah, we um, we saw each other. I walk out. I got really drunk that night. I'm not going to lie. I got so drunk. I didn't really know how I got home. It was crazy. It was awful. And then the next day I drive to her parents' house. I have an argument with her about it. Again, she put the blame on me. I said, whatever. I said, look, I'm going to Cape Town. We come back. The house gets sold. We go our separate ways and it's done. It's going to be okay. So I go to Cape Town. Bearing in mind, I'd never been abroad before on my own. The only time I've been abroad was with this person. So for me, this was this crazy thing to go abroad to Cape Town where Mm -hmm. everyone around me was saying, like, you're going to get robbed. You're going to get attacked. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. I'm flying, I'm in the middle of the air, 11 hours, I believe, from London to Cape Town and I'm flying and it just hit me. Ryan, there's no turning back. Like, you're going, mate. Like, whether you like it or not, you are going to Cape Town. So I arrive in Cape Town and straight away I I booked myself in a hostel. I was surrounded by like-minded people, really nice, genuine people, told my journey to and they were just so supportive. And I just had a family. It was like home from home and it was so beautiful. And over those couple of weeks I was in, in Cape Town, wow, I just went from here, rock bottom, wow, up here. I literally felt like a completely new man and I felt that I could accomplish anything. And I was pushing myself outside of my comfort zone and I felt on top of the world.
0: Mm. I, I, I think that that is very, very powerful. I've heard from many other people who are world travelers that no matter where you go, you always seem to find people that that are just so beautiful as, as human beings. And you, you join into conversation and you build this mini community during those travels. And that's exactly what you experienced that. You know what? It actually is maybe safe and okay to put myself outside of my comfort zone and go to a totally different environment and just trust that, you know, trust in that process and trust that I'm going to meet like-minded other human beings.
2: Yeah, you know, like for me, I can talk to you about this. This is another podcast, for instance, but the things I've experienced is by seeing what I've seen, people that are watching this now, I'm I'm more than happy to say you don't know what's going on. Or even me, myself, we don't know what's going on in the world. The things that happen, the things that people have to deal with on a daily basis around the world, we take for granted. And I appreciate every single thing that I have in my life because so many people out there don't get choice. They don't get to experience life. And, you know, like going back a few steps, when I went all in with my girlfriend that time, if you're constantly doing what doesn't align with your soul and your, your, who you truly are inside, you're going to feel like literally like a shark that's been put in a pond, you know? You, you need to step outside of the the jar, the box. You need to get out there because if you're constantly doing the same old thing on repeat, you're never going to grow. You're never going to advance. And again, I mention it, it's progress that equals happiness and Yeah, so I'm going to carry on talking about me and talk about the progress situation in my life, why I wasn't happy for a long time. So I go to Cape Town, and because I was progressing, I was levelling up my life, I was pushing my comfort zone, my boundaries, Mm. I was happy instantly. I went from seeing my girlfriend, felt like shit, and then people I was networking with, saying, come on, let's go here, let's climb this mountain, let's do this. I was progressing instantly happy. So, I had this amazing time in Cape Town, felt on top of the world, fly back to England, but to now, to which is now an empty home. Yeah. And at that moment in time, in that moment in time, sorry, I hated two things, which was my own company and the sound of silence. And when I walked through that front door of that house to see that it was just me, I just broke down and I just balled up into a, into a ball and I just cried my eyes out. Because I realized in that very moment that the two things that I hated the most was all I had.
0: Oh, geez, Brian, that is just heartbreaking. Oh, my gosh. The two things I hate the most is my own company and the sound of silence. That is quite depressing, I, I might add. Absolutely. And, you know, and Breaking Dad coming to that understanding and realization and and yeah you met that with a physical response of breaking down and and so because of that I know that you made a shift and so how did you come out of that after that experience and and what were some of the next steps I think that you really came to a realization that you found this, happiness in travel in going abroad and meeting new people putting yourself outside of the comfort zone so is is that how you move forward I mean you're coming back to this life of I have this house I have this silence I have this job um or did you did you leave the job by then and I apologize if I missed that piece
2: no so obviously right I've returned to the home just me And this is when the deep downhill spiral happened of depression. Yeah. So literally, I go through now many months of mental misery Mm
0: -hmm. where I
2: absolutely hate my life. I hated my life. And it was like, go to work. I had to drag myself to work. And before you know it, it was like, I give up on myself. My my mental health was suffering. My physical health was suffering because I just quit the gym. So I couldn't be bothered to go and put on a fake smile for everyone. My, my personal hygiene was suffering because the weekend, it to Friday, i just get home, I'd lay in that bed, I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat food, I'd just take a bottle of water there, I'd just drink a little bit of water, wouldn't brush my teeth, wouldn't shower, sit in bed crying the whole time, drag myself up on Monday morning to do it all again at work. And this just happened for, for weeks and months, over and over and over and over again. And I was just so, so depressed. But then it got to a turning point. Well, I re-downloaded social media because I I hadn't had social media for many years. And I started to see people that I used to hang around with. And I started to see the perceived happiness on their faces Mm. where they're going out clubbing to pubs and restaurants and parties. So I said to myself, look, I'm going to find happiness there also. So going from, say, spending every weekend cocooned in my bed, total polar, polar opposite, I'm going to go out, I'm going to party, I'm going to find happiness in drink. So bearing in mind, this is the person that didn't even drink at all. And now I start drinking. Every weekend, I'm drinking, drinking, drinking. I started to drink in the day, in the weeks. And then before you know it, drink, drink alone wasn't enough. And this is when I was introduced to cocaine for the first time. And someone told me, look, it's going to make you feel better. And at the time of that evening... I felt so shit that evening. I'm stood in the club. Everyone's smiling, everyone's joking. I'm pretending to be happy, but deep down, I'm just feeling like shit. I'm just drinking myself mm. to try and find happiness. So I sniffed this cocaine, and before you know it, that was the start to a short habit that I have of sniffing cocaine every weekend for a few months. And it got to one night where I just was completely out of it. I find myself awake in someone else's home, my friend's house. I didn't even know where I was. I didn't even know how I got there. I just wanted to go home and I wanted this all to end. So that weekend I decided to take myself to the doctor's surgery to see my GP. So I remember I go to the GP. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. And as I arrive, I remember I going in there and I'm waiting. I'm just looking at this manky reception paint on the wall and I'm just looking like, what do I do? What do I say? And I'm just panicking. I'm nervous. They call my name and I walk in. I sit down and the lady's there. I've never seen this doctor in my life. I don't even know who she is. She said, oh, what's wrong? What's happening? I just start to pour my heart out. And she just pauses me. she said, look, you're, d- d- you're depressed. And she was so quick to push that prescription across to the desk to say that you are depressed. And I walk out there knowing nothing about depression and with a prescription for some pills that I don't really know what to do. She just said, they're going to make you feel worse before they make you feel better. Mm-hmm. And if I felt any worse, who knows what could have happened? So I go driving back to work with this prescription, just staring me in the face on the passenger seat, not knowing what to do next.
0: Wow. Okay. So I I definitely want to know what you did after that, because I, I heard a few things through this where you you thank you for being vulnerable first off uh, because this is a this is a very vulnerable conversation where you were at a very very low point you got into some heavy drugs to alter the state to so you experienced some sort of relief outside of this depression and the way that you felt and you go to the doctor and and you start pouring your heart out to her And she stops you from continuing because, well, let's face it, she's not a psychiatrist, right? And she just pushes you more drugs, which are going to make you feel worse and have other side effects before they make you feel better. So I'm curious, what choice did you make, Ryan?
2: So I drove back to my, my job as the mechanic with this prescription just looking at me and I'm thinking, what the fuck do I do with this? So I go to my manager because I knew he had 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 antidepressants in the past. He looked at this and went, whoa, that is too high dosage. So now I'm just like, "What's the? uh, I don't know what's the right dosage. So I'm even more confused. So bearing in mind, the the person that cannot make make decisions in this moment in his life, the doctors have put the ball in my, my court to make the decision whether I take these antidepressants or not. So the person that can't make decisions has the biggest decision of his life. So I just don't know what to do. So I speak to my family. They don't know what to do. And I'm just thinking, oh, my God. So I'm just sat in my home just crying and crying and blah, blah, looking up all these things on the Internet. And then I go back to the doctors a couple, a week or two later. And I say, look, this isn't for me. I'm not taking these. Because I honestly believe that I hadn't yet exhausted all avenues. I thought there's got to be another way. I just want to speak to someone. Oh, yeah, you can do CBT, cognitive be- behavior therapy. I didn't know what this was. Oh, you can do weekly calls with someone, and they're going to help you get your emotions out, blah, 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 make you feel better. Okay, this is brilliant. This is exactly what I need. So there was a waiting period to get on this, a couple of weeks, I believe. Bearing in mind, this was rock bottom. I was going out and I was doing some crazy stuff. Then it got to the time I finally got the chance to get booked in with the calls. It was either in person or on calls. I was committed to my job. I said, I can't leave work to go to one hour to go and do this thing and and leave work early. I can't do that. So I decided to do it on calls while sat in my car in the middle of the summer in the UK. It was like so hot. My car didn't have air conditioning. So I just sat there with the windows up on the call for an hour, sweating, just trying to think of all these thoughts and feelings. So I didn't want anyone to see or hear me. And then a few weeks went by, which were good. And then all of a sudden, I just felt the feeling of it was so scripted. This lady was just reading off of a script. And every time that I diverted off this pathway, off this script, she just dragged me back down and said, no, no, no. And I couldn't get all of my feelings and emotions out. Mm. So, look, for me, I've heard people who've had amazing experiences. For me, it was making me feel worse. So I lied my way out of the sessions. And one week I go there, maybe on my fifth or sixth week, I go there. And I said, look, I don't need this anymore. I said, I feel the best I've ever felt. Like I said, I've never felt better. She knew I was lying. She was trying to convince me to stay. I said, look, I don't need this anymore. I, I, I tell them, this, this is my, this is my, I said, look, I, I don't need this anymore. I'm not gonna do any more sessions with you. Okay, okay. How
0: common do you think that that is, Ryan, that, that people, you know, finally go to, to get, seek some help. And then like you described, I was lying my, my way out. I was, I was just getting through these sessions.
2: I think it's, it's, it's quite common in life, Like I've heard it from other people, Because, but not even just mental health, Like in all areas of life, a lot of people are taking advice from people that are not qualified to give them that advice, even teachers for instance, the, the education system now is teaching children how to deal with their finances when you teachers are not dealing with your own finances for instance, there's many other options, you get a, a general doctor giving you advice on a specialist thing, no you need to go and see a specialist, like for instance, I go back to the brain injury. When I was in that out-of-body experience, when I was in that coma, they wanted to switch the plug on my, I like, pulled the plug on my life support machine. But, but, you know, like my parents decided not to. Like my parents said, no way. But if it wasn't for my parents saying no, they would have listened to the advice because that's what we do in life, right? We take the advice from the people we believe who are more important from us, have more information. Like for instance, if you want your car fixed, you go and see a mechanic. If you want your radiator or your boiler fixed, you go and see a plumber. If you want you fixed, you go and see a doctor or specialist in that area. You take the advice from them because they're the ones that know best, right? You know, like no doctor can ever put a definite deadline on your dreaded day of demise. Like no doctor can tell you when you're going to die. But they were telling me you're going to die on this day. Like you're never going to live. So, like, never let your, say, diagnosis be your prognosis. Don't let someone say you can or you can't do something because so many people are living their lives letting other people decide what their life's going to look like in the end. Like, never let someone else decide, design, determine or dictate your destiny because this is your life and your life alone. Like, if you're not happy with your life, don't ask for directions from somebody who's not yet been to that place that you want to be. Like, Don't put your Mm -hmm. happiness in someone else's pocket. Like, don't give someone else the key to your happiness or don't, say, take advice from somebody else. Like, we're we're asking the wrong people for the advice. Mm -hmm. So if if you want to feel better in your life and you're asking, say, like, your friend or someone at a shop, for instance, like, why are you doing that? There's a time in my life I was asking everyone in the local pub what I should do with my life. (laughs) You're spending every weekend drowning your sorrows. You obviously don't like your life or your job. And I'm asking these people for financial and career advice. Like you need to speak to people that have already done what you want to achieve.
0: Yeah. I think that, that that's a very big message to speak with people that have already done what you want to achieve. That's why putting yourself in the room with people who uh, are excelling above and beyond where you want to be is, is really a big message.
2: Yeah, no, of course. So Moving on now, where, so where was we? we? Was um.
0: you had, you, you were given the prescription and yes, then you yes. went into and you were st- talking to somebody about your issues and thank now you, you're
2: lying you. your way out So I out lied my it. way out, thank you so much. So yeah, I lied my way out. So I told her I felt the best I'd ever felt in my life.
1: Yeah. And the
2: fact is that day was the worst I'd ever felt in my life. I remember it was a Friday. And I'm sat in that car, literally dripping in sweat, like I'm laying on a beach in like the Maldives or something. I'm dripping in sweat. And I just lied my way out of this. I walked back into work with this fake smile. Oh, how would it go? I said, yeah, really good, really good session. And then that weekend was the weekend I planned to take my own life. I remember I go back that Friday night. I knew what I was going to do the next morning. I knew what I was going to do. I planned it all out. I just got into bed. As Soon as I got home, I got into bed. I just started crying my eyes out. You are worthless, Ryan. You're a piece of shit. Your life isn't worth living. Just end this now. Like, Just get it over and done with. End it. Tomorrow tomorrow morning is the day that you're going to do it. So I cried myself to sleep yet again that night. And I wake up on the Saturday morning. And I just went downstairs. And I just slumped myself on that sofa. And I'm just bawling my eyes out. I knew what I was going to do. I knew exactly what I was going to do. And as I'm laying there, I had the, the typical shoulder angel and shoulder devil on my shoulders. And the devil's just saying, go on, go on, you know what you're going to do. Don't be a pussy. Don't be scared. You're always scared to do stuff. Go on, do it. Do it. Go on. You're always going to talk. You're talking a good game, but you never do it. Go on, do it. And the angel's saying, remember, remember your biggest fear? Your biggest fear is death. Your biggest fear is death. Because as a 10-year-old boy, I used to lay in the bunk bed, crying my eyes out, covering my, covering my eyes and my ears. because so I used to always think about death. Just imagining, like, I'm never going to see my friends and family again. I'm never going to feel them. going to, never going never gonna to cuddle them ever again in my life. And I used to cry as a 10-year-old kid. So that angel was just saying, look, if you end it now, that's your biggest fear. Like, you can't do it. But the devil's saying, go, go, go. And as I'm there, again, just confused, can't make a decision, bam. One thought come into my mind that completely changed my life.
0: What was that thought? Because now you got me hanging on the edge of the seat.
2: <laughs> so I'm laying there, and as all these emotions are just running around my body, what do I do? Do I do it? Don't I do it? I don't know. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Bam! This thought just come into my mind out of nowhere. And it was like magnetised to me, and I just held onto that thought. And I kept repeating it over and over and over again. And that thought said, could I live with the thought of dying with regrets? And I don't know where this comes from, but I just asked the question to myself and I answered it. And I realized in that moment that, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm going to regret not even trying. For six months, I've been sat there in this self-pity party of crap, just feeling sorry for myself. And I hadn't even tried to get myself up and out of that ditch that I dug for myself. And just in that moment, I just started to look back on my life and I realized that I'd already overcome death. I'd already overcome my biggest fear. Death, i come back from it. So if I can come back from that, I can overcome anything in my life. So I started to just appreciate what I had. I didn't even know what the word gratitude meant. And I started to practice gratitude. I looked around and I thought, I'm in this amazing house. I've got clothes on my, I've got clothes on my back. I've got shoes on my feet. And I've got food in my fridge. And I'm feeling upset about myself. So I just wanted to write down. So I start writing down all of these things that I'm so happy and thankful for. Before you knew it, I just started to feel better. And I started to write down all of my thoughts and feelings. And nobody ever told me to do that. And I just journaled. I just journaled on a blank piece of paper how I was feeling. And I just looked at it and I went, oh my God, like things aren't even that bad. When I could see it, I was literally wrote, I just thought on paper by writing on paper. And I saw it and I went, what have I been complaining about all these months?
0: You just naturally stepped into doing that work. Based on this thought in your head, can you live with regrets? Mm. And the answer is no. And if you, when you have that that deep sense of of knowing and understanding, that soul knowing, yeah, the absolute answer is no. And, and and then being able to come into doing the work, gratitude is such a a big thing for so many people. That's a that's a key ingredient that people say of. Of happiness, this world, this life of feeling, this overall happiness, is experiencing gratitude for all of the things.
2: Yeah, so I honestly believe that gratitude is the gateway key to a life of abundance. Let me tell you why. So when I was in that deep depression, it got to a point, and this is no word of a lie, it got to a point, I would wake up in the mornings, and I would scream the words, fuck you, because I hated myself. I hated that I'd been given another chance to live another day. I hated that feeling. I woke up every day, you know, but as soon as I started to look back on my life and appreciate the things I had, I flipped the fuck you to thank you. Because in that moment, I realized that I'd been given the the most precious, priceless gift that anyone could ever receive. And that was another day of life. And you know what? Like for me in that moment, wow, it's so amazing because I realized that if you've been so lucky enough to open your eyes, like we all open two gifts every morning and that is our eyes. And that's why they call this moment the present.
0: Uh, oh, I love that. Gosh. You know, and, and I'm just going to highlight that again, that you said flip the fuck you to, to thank you. And that is, that's really big when we're in those moments of unfortunately that that self-loathing self-hatred and we as human beings can be so hard on ourselves we're the hardest on ourselves than we are on anyone else and it kind of you know pushes out into the environment and the people that we are around and surround ourselves with but if you flip that script it's so easy it's such a a simple quick night and day difference when you flip that script to thank you and that gratitude
2: yeah, you know, like, gratitude is everything. Like, you can't be upset, angry, pissed off, and grateful at the same time. It doesn't work.
0: No. So,
2: in that moment, I flipped it. And because of this, I started to write down a gratitude journal. Like, no one told me about this. It was my intuition. So, I just like to write. I didn't even know the word gratitude was until 2020, to be fair. So, bearing in mind, this is 2019. So, I'm writing, I am thankful for my house, Mm. I am thankful for my car, my clothes, my food. Because I realised that there are so many people out there that are living on that cold, hard concrete, wishing that they could have traded places with me. And I'm, I'm there feeling angry, pissed off, upset, feeling shit about myself. And I had this beautiful house, I had the food, I had everything, and I was just feeling shit. So the more that I appreciated and wrote down these gratitude, once in the morning, once at night it ended up being as well, I started to attract these small positive things into my life because before I used to sort of say work was like going to hell. I had to check in at hell every single day to pay for my membership in prison, which was that fucking home that I was stuck in. But then I started to appreciate it, you know because I realized so many people would love to be in my uh, in my position
0: <laughs> I, I again, I love the the play on words that you have, Ryan. You you had to pay for hell or or what did you say? You were stuck I in a position to pay I for I had your to membership pay for, for my
2: membership in prison. Yeah. In I had, prison. I can't even remember what I said, but yeah.
0: I don't know, but it was brilliant. So no, <laughs> was true, you, know, like... you have this air of 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 comedy that you meet with life and I appreciate <laughs> that. But I'll Thank go you. back to to some of the things that I think are really important. And you talked about you wrote down a, a sense of gratitude, whatever you felt gra- gratitude for, both in the morning and at night. And then you started to see things change. You started to see the evidence that was taking place in life from that.
2: You know, like in so in that moment, then when I was been practicing it, like I I had a flip again, like in my mind. And it was my perception, it shifted, literally, because your perception shapes your reality. Like How you look at the issue is the issue. So if you can change your thinking, you can literally change your life. So I flipped my mindset and I realized that the the only nightmare that we are ever in is the one that we have created with our own mind. And I'd created this fucking god-awful story in my own mind. So I started to look at the positives rather than the negatives. I started to appreciate and to focus on the things that i was grateful for in my life like i started to count my blessings rather than counting all of my problems because for six months i was just compounding and counting all of the shit that was going on but then i flipped it to look at the positives because in life what you focus on expands when i focused on the good before you know it to wrap this part of the story up is like wow before you know it we had a leaving date for the house the house was on the market it finally got sold and before you know it wow house was gone, I chose to move back to my parents, I closed up, I thanked all the house, all the shit that happened, trying to sell the house, that's another story, because again, my girlfriend, there was shit that went on there, but I'm not going to talk about this now, but the house got sold, moved back to my parents, but the day that I finally packed up my things and I left, it was like gone midnight, and I still hadn't packed everything up, I needed to get out of the house, the van was full, I had all of my belongings, and I'm driving back to my parents, the new chapter of my life. And it was like, look, I'm going to change my life. And that's when I set myself that travel goal to visit a different country every month for a year, which i done. And then, yeah, it goes on to even another stage of my life.
0: Ah, well this is definitely all of the steps that really had to take place in order to have you bloom into the mm-hmm. person that you are today. And so let's let's take all of those experiences and shed a little bit of light on what it is that you're doing today, the here and the now. You're, you're doing a lot of travel. I wanna take us back to, you mentioned the social media place uh, where you had not been on social media for a long time and then you went back into it and you noticed that there were you, you know, all of the friends, people that you grew up around, how they were portraying this, this side of them where they're living these very happy lives, <laughs> and I think that that is exactly what we see in social media. And it's a, it's, it's. I feel very unfortunate where we don't have the more authentic aspects. Now, do we want to see all the grotesque or gruesome aspects of life? No, not necessarily. That's not what I'm saying. But painting. A picture that isn't necessarily so is a disservice to us as fellow human beings to each other.
2: Yeah, it's so So true. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, social media is social media. Like, it can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. Like, what you focus on expands, which I mentioned. And what you seek, you will find. If you want to see the positive in life, you'll find it. And if you want to see the negative, you're going to find it. Because your mind is like a factory. And the ingredients that you are putting into it will be used to make the final product, which is your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But what I wanted to say about that, Ryan, is that you really, you utilize that, as a a beautiful exposure such as we're doing here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. It's it's pushing out content that is really these big, beautiful uh, messages to people on on how can you improve yourself? What are some tips and tricks that we can utilize in order to make ourselves a better human being and show up better for the rest of the world and for ourselves and that always starts with us, right? So I think that's exactly what you're doing right now. And you can talk a little bit about that. I want you to share what it is you are doing now based on all of these incredible experiences that you've had, these these hardships that you've endured, and, and the magic that you're creating now.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. So after all of that stuff, I went home to my parents, I set these travel goals, I was progressing in my life. So I become happy again, because I had no goals before. So when I had a vision for the future, I was progressing. Because the person without purpose will find pleasure in distractions. Like if you don't know where you're going in life, any road will get you there. So now I knew where I was going, these travel destinations, I started to travel, I started to upgrade my life, and then I started to network with people. And before you know it, I was challenged to quit that one and only unfulfilled day job of over a decade with one week notice, which I'd done to become what I am today, a life coach, a keynote speaker, a podcaster a potential author in the making. So I'm going to be an author before you know it in the, in the very near future. Like all of these things wouldn't have happened if I would have stayed stuck in that comfort zone and would have let fear overwhelm me, you know? So it's in your moments of decisions that your destiny is shaped. So I had to take that uncomfortable action to say yes to my dreams, to my goals, to my future, to what my soul really wanted. So I gave up again, everything. I left that job behind. I quit my job. And now i'm on this journey now where i've been doing coaching since what 2020 really think about it i quit the job in 21 and then 2022 april i decided to pack everything up and just travel the whole of latin america where i'm still here now so it's been coming up to a year and a half and i've just been spreading my message across the world to help other people have the awareness of do they currently enjoy their life or not because everything starts with the awareness like you cannot improve or change what you don't need no needs improving or changing right yeah. so awareness gives you choices and choices ultimately give you freedom so you have to start with the awareness
0: yeah and and i think that's exactly what you're providing to the world ryan is through these travels and experiences that you have you're sharing it with people building their awareness you're opening and broadening and expanding their minds of the possibilities that that we can have, which is really this limitless aspect of ourselves um, on the mind, body, and spirit levels. And so thank you so much for sharing that. And as you continue on your journeys and and through exploring the world, you gain just more and more perspective and you become wiser through your journeys just bringing so much more value to the audience that you're serving
2: yeah you know like again i speak about it before like if you constantly stay stuck in that little comfort zone that that village mindset that small town mindset you're always going to do what they do because you do become the average of the five people you spend the most time with so spend time with say five drunk, alcoholics, you're going to become them eventually, you're going to become the sick. Spend the time with five millionaires, you're going to become the sick also. So you need to upgrade first your surroundings and you need to get really clear on exactly what what you want with your life. You need to get crystal clear clarity. You need to get a vision for yourself.
0: Mm, you have mentioned a vision board and a few times here on the show, and I think that is exactly part of that crystal clear, really knowing where we want to go, beginning with the end in mind. That's a that's a, another aspect that is really, really profound and powerful that we need on our journey of self development. So. Brian, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, being so vulnerable and so descriptive in your presentation of your experiences that you've had. I feel very honored to have you here on the platform, and I know that the audience feels very blessed as well because we don't always get to hear these these incredible experiences that people have had that is very, very rare to come across. So I want to start by that, thanking you. Also, having people know exactly where to find you again, it is www.ryannurse.com. Check out what he is doing. Follow him on his social media. He's always putting out a lot of cool insight and showing you exactly where he is traveling, where he's journeying, the lessons learned. And the book is coming soon towards the end of this year, the close of this year, possibly the beginning. We don't know yet, but it is coming. And so look forward for that too. Ryan, again, it's been awesome to have you on the show. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience today?
2: I just want to say thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate everybody who's listened to this. Uh, the best place to catch catch me on social medias, all social medias, is at RyanNurse underscore. catch me on there the book is obviously coming out so i'd I'd love for you to buy it for either yourself or even a family or a friend for instance and there's going to be more books coming out in the future i've got so many more books planned up too so just look out for this so i just want to leave something for your listeners and the people for being here to take away like i don't want to leave you with nothing just a story i want to leave a big takeaway which is this so many of us want to change our lives but i've mentioned it many times if nothing changes then nothing changes You need to make the decision that you're gonna change your life because it is in your moments of decisions that your destiny is shaped. Of course, it's gonna be scary, but let fear be a motivator. Let fear push you to achieving your dreams. Let it propel you because fear can be used as fuel to help boost you to where you really wanna go. So as I end this, I say this. Don't fear failure, fear regret. Make the pain of regret worse than any other fear that you could ever imagine. Because the pain of fear and failure is temporary. But the pain of regret will last a lifetime. So don't take your greatness to the grave.
0: Don't take your greatness to the grave. Ryan, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Again, an honor. And thank you so much for those of you who are tuning in and for the support of the Wellness Driven Life Show. We thank you very much. And until next time, stay tuned. We'll see you. Goodbye for now.
1: Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21 year old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast, and my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and and especially actual DV survivors, give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in for this two-part series with our interview with Ryan Nurse and his explorative journey and well description of all of the events that has taken place on his journey. He really brings a lot of insight to us as he shares his journey and the incredible aspects that he is bringing into the world today. Again, thank you for tuning into the Wellness Driven Life Show. We're so pleased that you have been here. Thank you for your support, and we're excited to share more inspiring stories with you in the times to come. Stay tuned. Goodbye for now. We will see you later.